Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You do deserve, and it is your sole responsibility, to be in a state of seizing happy, right? What about your life right now makes you unhappy? How can you reclaim your power in that part of your life, even if it means doing something uncomfortable or a little scary? You can sit with that sadness. You can sit with that discomfort. Find where the root of it is. Uproot that shit. Get rid of it. Plant something new and go back to seizing happy, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that pressure of forgetting that there is a transition there between the ugly spaces and the nice new spaces that are beautiful, that transition is never talked about because that transition's not pretty. Nobody wants to acknowledge that it's there almost all the time because hopefully you're going into new, more beautiful spaces your whole life. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres, award-winning Latina personal finance expert. I didn't always have my financial shit together, but when I started looking for POC-friendly personal finance podcasts, I couldn't find any. And so Yo Quiero Dinero was born. On this show, I'll show you how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and most importantly, how to make it grow. Each week, I'm connecting you with the most brilliant minds in the world of money and business, so you can learn about investing, entrepreneurship, and building wealth. The best part? I'm dishing up all this knowledge with a sassy side of sazón. So if you're ready to be poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, 
and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. Gigi, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm super excited too, because I was telling you right before we started recording how much I love all of the value that you bring. And there are times that I check out your feed and I'm like, yes, girl, say it one more time, louder for the people in the back. And I'm like, I wish I'd had somebody who could have mentored me in money when I first started in entrepreneurship, because we forget until it's too late how important it is to address your money mindset at the beginning of entrepreneurship. And I had no clue what I was doing when I first started. So sometimes I see your posts and I'm like, somebody better be taking notes right now. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me so happy. And it's honestly how I feel as well. Like I feel like the whole origin of this podcast is building a community that I needed when I was first starting out in entrepreneurship almost 10 years ago. Now I'm just like, oh my God, I can't believe it's been that long. But I think the conversations around money, especially in the Latino community, are non-existent or hella negative. And Mm. so I'd be curious if we can dive into your money story as a kid. Like, what did you learn? Girl, listen, (laughs) my money story is more like a like a money nightmare. I mean, novela. It, exactly. <laughs> That's a perfect word. It was a money novela because think about it. I was born in Cuba. So starting right off the bat, it's like you're born in poverty poor without even thinking of having the hopes of what money could buy. Right. And so having been raised in that culture in Cuba, the people that were well off were la gente del gobierno the people who were, you know, who were usually part of the government. So there was already like a negative stigma there between being well off and those people. And I say that like in air quotes, right? And that's not to say that everyone who has money is bad, but that's just that there was such a gap between being well off and who we are, right? Like we are just okay. Mommy and papi, we have what we need. We don't need any of those fancy things. We don't need any of that. Like this is good enough. You choose to believe that because you know, my parents were doing the best they could. So of course, they're not going to sit there and be like, oh my God, I wish we had all these other things. You're like, it's okay, mommy. Everything is fine. You know, like everything is fine. We tell our kids all, everything is fine. Even when you know it's not. But then you come to the United States and then that shifted from well enough is enough to you better hustle. You better work. And we didn't leave everything behind so that you could come here and be mediocre. You have Mm -hmm. to be supreme. You have to bust your ass. You have to like do all these things. And that created a hustle mentality for me that uh, that literally landed me in a hospital because Ooh. I thought I had to work hard. And it took me that huge scare and it took me a lot of unlearning and reprogramming to understand that A, I am worthy of money, that B, Money does not have to be difficult to acquire. Will there be difficult moments in the process of acquiring money? Hell yeah. But money <laughs> itself is not, a, is not a difficult thing, right? Yeah. And then I also had to learn that there's a shift in the energy of how you view money 
right? Like money is a tool. Money doesn't identify you. And because we identify a lot of things through money, is it valuable? Well, how much does it cost? Right? Some there's a lot of really expensive crap out there. It ain't <laughs> valuable at all. It's just expensive, right? Yeah. So I had to rearrange that energy around money as well. And mm. that took years, homegirl. Cause I tell you now, I made my first paycheck when I was nine and a half. When I got here from Cuba, I competed in Sábado Gigante. <laughs> No I way. won first place. <laughs> I have a video on YouTube. You can look That's it up. Amazing. <laughs> Don Francisco mispronounced my name, which is fine. <laughs> Everybody did at the time. That was before I became Gigi. <laughs> my friends in school nicknamed me Gigi. And so I made my first paycheck at nine and a half years old. And then they asked me in Univision, join us. Join. There was like a little kid team. You probably remember. There was a little kids performing crew mm -hmm. that was part of Univision's Sábado Gigante. And I joined and they would pay me consistently to perform, wow. right? But I didn't know what the hell to do with that money. A lot of that money was going to my parents, thankfully, right? Like it was an additional income. We'd just gotten here from Cuba. We didn't have a damn thing. When I turned 18 out of high school, I opened my first business. I opened a dance studio because it was the only thing I knew how to do. I'd been dancing and acting and doing commercials, being trained by Univision, thankfully. And that gave me skills that I was able to use to get me through college. But I didn't know what I was doing with this money. And mm -hmm. so between going to college, my dream career was always media because that's what I was in. Dancing is just this thing I knew how to do really, really well. A lot easier for me to do than, for example, a lot of my friends were like working at McDonald's or working at Circuit City, which for the young bucks out there, that's what Best Buy used to be. <laughs> um, you know, you get it like Circuit City. It was really smart. Anyways, <laughs> totally dating myself right now, but that's not the point. The point is I opened a dance studio because that's what I knew how to do. Yeah. And between the dance studio, going to FIU full-time, my media career started to grow. And I was in that bridge between radio and television when I was doing television still full-time and radio full-time. And I was like in the transition to moving into radio only. And I decided, you know, I have to work hard. I have to go to school because school was a big one too for my parents. Mm -hmm. I have to get my master's now. That's it. I got to get my master's degree. So I went to get my master's degree. And lo and behold, between radio and television, my master's degree and the business, and of course, picking up every quote unquote opportunity out there because I was working as an independent contractor. So I would say yes to everything, everything, underpaid or not, it didn't matter. And I lost my vision one day when I was driving. What? I could hear the cars zooming past me. I could feel the steering wheel like I was hyper-focused on the steering wheel because I was like, I can't move it. I can't move it. I can't. I know I was going straight. I'm on the highway. I can't move it. I can't move it. I can't move it. And not being able to see where I was going because my body was completely depleted. I was skipping periods. I was losing my hair. I had breaks out, breakouts all on my back. It was disgusting. And it was all from stress. Wow. And when I gathered myself, I was I pulled over into the emergency lane. You go to Dr. Google, you have everything under the sun, right? I had like lupus and cancer and tumors and all sorts of things. So I get myself to a doctor and they tested me over a couple months. I requested to get tested for everything because of course you don't have anything. You're just stressed. You need to eat a proper meal and go to sleep. And I'm like, you're crazy. You're cr I'm telling you right now, I'm sick. Something's wrong with me. And what I learned was that a, I was chasing everybody else's definition of success. My mom's definition of success was degrees. You go to school, you get degrees. If you have degrees, that means you're educated. If you're educated, you make more money. All false, by the way. False. 
I'm a huge nerd and I love learning, but I can tell you right now, degrees are not going to make or break your wealth. Your wealth comes from a completely different space. Get degrees if you want to. Get degrees if they make you happy. Get degrees if you're in a field where degrees are required. You can't be a doctor or an attorney without a degree. I'm not, I'm not saying don't go to college. I'm saying that's not the only path, and it certainly is not the only path to wealth. Mm. So I was also chasing the definition of success of my industries. If I was in radio, the morning show was is the best slot. So I worked for that. In television, it's either news or sports. I tried news and I found it supremely depressing. So I moved to sports. I was traveling. I was covering harness races in Ohio and Jersey. And I was working until like 11 o'clock at night. And then I was still managing the business and getting my master's degree. I was running on protein bars and energy drinks. So when I had this scare, it forced me to say, what the hell am I doing any of this shit for? Like, why am I doing any of this? After realizing I was chasing everybody's definition of success, it forced me to ask myself, well, what do I want? Yeah. And I had no idea. Ooh, okay. Let's take a pause there because I feel like so many people can absolutely resonate with this idea that all you got to do to be successful, in air quotes, is just hustle your way there, right? Mm. We believe that if we work hard, I think it's that bootstrap bullshit that we're told, like, all you got to do is just work hard enough and then you're going to get to where you want to be. But what a lot of us end up doing is just burning ourselves the hell out. Yes. How many hours do you think you were working in this time period, in a week? Help me do the math. I used to wake up at around 4.50, 4.30, oh, 4.50. <laughs> and I would do the morning show until about noon. Then I had to stay to prep for the next show because I was on from six to noon for that slot at first. Then I would get to the harness races. I had to be on camera by three. So I would get out of radio, go grab a quick, like a quick lunch or something, usually drive by like McDonald's or Burger King, yep. which was not the healthiest thing to feed my body when I was running around doing all these things. I would have to prep for that. The races, I would do all of the pre-recorded production until six. And then the races were from like seven to midnight. Then I'd come home and work on my master's and do the math. I don't know how long. I can tell you I was sleeping about eight hours a week. <laughs> eight, yeah, I was about to say, because I'm like, wait, five to five, we already got 12 hours. And then you already work in another set. So you're doing like 19, 20 hour days, which is like 100 hours a week. Which, which is, is ridiculous. Insanity. It shouldn't insanity. even be like mathematically possible to work that much. But I will tell you when I was balancing working full time, going to school, getting my master's, planning a wedding, mm. side hustling, I was in the worst physical condition of my life. Mm -hmm. So overweight, so fucking tired, so drained, and feeling like I was doing none of it well. None of it. <laughs> Because I can tell it. you right now, sometimes I look back and I'm like, man, that was a shitty show. <laughs> like, <laughs> my, like, man, that spot came out horrible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my bosses and my clients thought it was good work, thank God, right? But when I look back knowing now what I sound like and what I look like and how I work, when I can sleep, when I can take care of my body, when I'm not worried about where like my next paycheck is coming from or worried about any of the other nonsense, like, am I good enough? You know, like, is this enough? Is this enough? Do I need to do more? What do I need to do next? I don't need to do a goddamn thing. <laughs> I don't need to do anything. Yeah. Right. So now that I know what the quality of my work is, I look back sometimes and I'm like, oof, 
thank God they thought I was good then. Because <laughs> <laughs> questionable, so questionable. But it's yeah. because of what you're saying. You're juggling so many things, you're going to drop something. I don't know how I didn't drop more things. Yeah. So let's dive into the beginning of that unlearning process, right? Because it can be so easy to justify why we're doing all these things because we have some arbitrary goal in our minds, whether that's income, whether that's success, a title, et cetera. But running yourself to the ground like that, it's not not going to be sustainable for anybody. So mm-hmm. what's that process look like for you when you had that medical scare where you're just like, holy shit, if I keep doing this, like we're just going to keep going down this road to no return at some point. Yeah. That was the first realization that my body was literally giving out on the way that I was working it and that that needed to stop. But the biggest part of the unlearning and the most difficult was shifting the hustle mentality into working smart because working smart required two things. Believing in myself per my standards, not the standards of anybody else, and investing in myself. And that was a challenge because I had that scarcity mindset too of like, well, you can't, where am I going to get this money from? Like, how am I going to invest in myself? So examples of ways in which I had to invest in myself, I was managing the dance studio, right? And I was doing the music editing and the website design and responding to emails and doing customer service and, you know, dealing with the kids and scheduling the shows. And so one way, and I was doing my quote unquote bookkeeping, which was (laughs) a disaster and I didn't realize it. We're not even going to get, we can get into bookkeeping, but which I know nothing about still, but it's part of why I had to invest in myself. After a couple of years of having my dance studio open, I was just getting money from the business. I can't begin to tell you the amount of money that I owed the IRS in taxes because I didn't know what the difference between a 1099 and a W-2 were. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. So next thing you know, I go do my taxes after not doing them for like three or four years. I don't know what the – I don't know when I tell – the disasters, the mistakes that – I don't know how my business is still open. Sometimes I look and I'm like, Lord Jesus, thank you because <laughs> there's no excuse why that thing didn't tank, right? Yeah. But – one of the first things that I did was I hired an accountant and I hired them full-time like retainer. Like, is it going to cost me to fix this disaster? And what I realized was if I had invested in my business, if I had invested in myself from the start, I would have never had the disaster, Mm -hmm. right? When I tell you financial disaster, right? And I had to fix that. And it cost me more money to fix it than if I would have just paid a CPA from the start yeah. and had him on retainer. But we you love to think that. Because we don't, we don't think we need to ask for help. No, no, no. I'll do it myself. I yeah. can't afford that. I can't mm-hmm. afford that. Absolutely, I can't afford that. You know what you can't afford? Trouble with the IRS, homegirl. Because <laughs> that shit will chase you around. That yep. will chase you for years. That'll come and bite you in the ass three years after it's done and you're still like, what? Why are we still talking about this? Mm-hmm. Oh, we are. We're talking about it out loud on a microphone, you know? <laughs> so that was one thing. I also had to learn to invest in myself with support, which was very, very difficult for me. So two parts that were difficult in that unlearning. One was delegating. So when I had the dance studio, and this is my first business, I used to edit all the music for everybody. I used to order all the costumes for everybody. I used to just do all the things. And I had employees. I had, I think at that point I had like eight teachers or something. Learning to tell these teachers, y'all need to find your own catalogs. You can put them under the company name. We can order them through the, but y'all need to find your own costumes. Y'all need to edit your own music. 
Y'all need to do these things for your kids. Like you need to handle these kids and they need to be happy and their parents need to be deliriously happy so that their parents keep paying so that you can keep this job so that I can keep this business open. This is a symbiotic relationship. Mm -hmm. That took me years to be able to do comfortably. Yeah. Now I hire people based on their like leadership. Now I'm just like, how much can you do? <laughs> like, here's the pay. Tell me how much you can take on that's fair to you, that this is what's what's open for your position, because I will not do your job. I will not. I will not do anybody's job. I don't even want to do my own job. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yo, facts. I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to hire a CEO. I'm ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> just somebody else do this. You know, how do we all make money here where I don't have to do a damn thing but sit by the water with my dog? You know? <laughs> like so, but it took me years to unlearn that, right? So delegation and, and investing in myself were some of the most important things that I had to unlearn and reprogram. And then I would say that another really big one was overcoming that for the hustle mentality and for the scarcity mindset, the money will come. You have to spend money to make money. That should never made any sense to me until I started doing it. Yeah. Let's first off, let's unpack the issue around asking for help and delegation, mm. right? Because I think women, we are programmed to believe that we can do it all, right? We got to be the hottest wife, the most, we got to be the mom that's doing the fucking customized bento box lunches for children. Mm -hmm. You got to be PTA mom of the year. You got to be a seven figure business runner. Mm -hmm. You got to have an amazing career, multiple degrees. And you got to do it with a tiny waist. With no help, <laughs> with no help. Okay. Okay. Why do you think that we fall victim to this mentality so often? I think that our identities are attached to that. I think that we come from a culture where the women are great mothers and great grandmothers and they cook and they clean and they and they iron and they do all these other things, right? But in our cultures, back in our countries for the generations behind us, the man was the one that would get out there and make the money. And that's yep. okay. It was a different culture and a different time, right? But then we come here and our parents are like, well, I didn't bring you here to depend on anybody because now they know the difference and they see all this opportunity for us, right? And so now you have to be the supreme mom and you have to be the seven-figure earner, but you can't ask for help because your mom did it by herself. Mm -hmm. If my mom could do it, the difference is that it was a different place it was a different time. There were different responsibilities. And your mom didn't do it alone because your mom probably had her grandma or una tia or somebody that was there. A lot of the time in a different setting back in our countries, it did take a village. We had a village at the very least for the damn kids. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was different. Here, we don't have that village because everybody's out there working. You got to hire your village, homegirl, and that's okay. Mm. You can find your village too, but you can also hire it. I right? love that. Hiring your village. I Hire mean, your village. that is a whole mindset shift. Yes. Yeah. It's okay to ask for help. It doesn't make you weaker. It doesn't make you unable. And I think that we have some sort of association, especially Latina women, that asking for help means that you are weak in some way. Mm -hmm. Oh, you couldn't do it alone. Why the fuck do I have to do it alone? <laughs> right. Right. Why? It's Who not a says? vibe, y'all. <laughs> it's not a vibe. I do not need to do this shit alone. Yeah. There's a lot of things that are my lone responsibility, 
but there's a difference between it being your responsibility, your sole responsibility, like having kids for, I don't have any kids. That's too much work for me, right? Like I'm not down with that. Mm-hmm. They're too loud. They smell, they, you know, like I've worked with kids for 23 years. The more I work with them, the more I'm like, I ain't got no time for this shit. <laughs> but with that said, if I were to change my mind and have children, those children are my sole responsibility. Their well-being, their education, their morals, their foundation, they're my responsibility, but that doesn't mean that I can't hire a nanny. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I can't learn how to have, and I'm not saying, because a lot of people, I can already, I see it in my mind right now, moms that are listening and saying, well, what do you mean you're going to leave your upbringing to other people? That's not what I'm saying, y'all. You can have somebody come into your house for three hours, and those three hours are your three hours. Your Mm. kid's right there. Yeah. Put a camera. I have a camera right here. I'm watching my dog. I know what's going on. Put somebody in your house for three hours twice a week. Those are your three hours to take a nice long bath. Nothing's going to happen because you're right there looking at your kid. Learn to do that little by little until you find a trustworthy person that you can hire, until you find whatever it is that is going to help you get in that discomfort zone to make it your new comfort zone. Those are three hours you can spend on your business so you can quit your nine to five. Those are three, whatever the hell you want to use it, take a nap, whatever it is. I'm not saying leave your kids in the hands of somebody else to go party, although that's fine too. Leave that nanny on a Friday night and go out with your husband and remember how you even made this baby. (laughs) Why you wanted to make a baby in the first place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like these, you have to acknowledge that you, it doesn't take away your value as a person to ask for help, Mm -hmm. to take a nap, to say I'm falling apart. I also think that there's just so much stigma when it comes to not being well. There's so much pressure in being happy all the damn time. Mm-hmm. I often get attacked because I truly believe this, but the name of my company is Seizing Happy. So a lot of the time people will tell me like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean you don't have to be happy all the time? That's the name of your business, Seizing Happy. Don't you think you have to be happy all the time? I'm like, no. I think you have to be practicing the verb of seizing your happiness. That doesn't mean you need to be in a jolly good mood. Like, God knows I'm not, right? <laughs> but like, I'm a bitter bitch once in a while and that's okay. I don't have to always be with like a plastered smile on my face or fake that everything's not all right. But you do deserve, and it is your sole responsibility to be in a state of seizing happy, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. So what about your life right now makes you unhappy? How can you reclaim your power in that part of your life, even if it means doing something uncomfortable or a little scary? Yeah. You can sit with that sadness. You can sit with that discomfort. Find where the root of it is. Uproot that shit. Get rid of it. Plant something new and go back to seizing happy, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that pressure of forgetting that there is a transition there between the ugly spaces and the nice new spaces that are beautiful, that transition is never talked about Yeah, because that transition's not pretty. Mm -hmm. And so since it's not pretty, nobody wants to acknowledge that it's there almost all the time because hopefully you're going into new, more beautiful spaces your whole life. Yeah. I think what happens in those spaces is we learn how to accept people's discomfort mm. with our new boundaries. Mm. Because I think a lot of what results in our depletion, our burnout is a total fucking lack of boundaries with every single aspect of our lives, whether that is work, family, children, friends, primas, etc. It's like you're too busy giving everything to everybody and doing mm. not a damn thing for yourself. But you know, I think that there's something that adds to that too. And it is 
a self-worth thing. Mm -hmm. It's hard to create boundaries when you don't think you deserve what those boundaries will provide. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I agree with you 100%. We are often made to believe that creating boundaries equals not loving somebody. <laughs> you create boundaries for your kids, right? There's parents out there that have the kids can and can't do certain things. Yep. It's for their best, right? I'm doing this for your well-being. You can't eat this all the time. You can't go there all the time. You can't whatever it is your kids quote unquote can't do. Those are boundaries. So if we're willing to create boundaries for our children whom we love unconditionally, right? How come we're not willing to set boundaries for ourselves? Mm -hmm. Not the boundaries that keep you in, but the boundaries that keep shit out. Yeah. That's family is, yeah. And with family, I think for Latinas especially, it's tough, man, because we believe, we're raised to believe that family should and can have access to you at all times, no matter what. And if you say no, you're a bitch. Yep. You know, and that's not the case because you deserve peace and you deserve to create the life that you desire. And sometimes that means putting people on pause, even family. Yes, even your mother. Yes, even your father. <laughs> Telling them what you will and will not talk about. We will not get into that conversation because you don't know how to have that conversation with me in a way that I can receive what you're saying in a way that doesn't make me feel the way you're making me feel right now. Yeah. Whatever that might be. You can't show up at my house whenever you want. Because I'm busy, because I have a business, because I'm with my husband, because we want the privacy, because I like to walk around buck ass naked <laughs> and I don't like to have to put on clothes because you showed up, right? Like right. whatever it is, be honest. You can do it lovingly too. There, I feel like there's a negative connotation with boundaries too. Like you have to fight somebody to put your boundaries up. No, you can have a beautiful, loving conversation and say, this is what I need from you. I know how much you love me. I know how badly you want to support me through this, but this is the way in which I need you to love me. Yeah. This is the way in which I need your support. I need you to X, Y, Z, or I need you to not X, Y, Z. And I think it's like accepting the idea that your disclosure of that boundary is where your responsibility ends. Mm -hmm. It is not up to that other person to respect it, but it is up to you to say, well, since you're not going to respect the boundary, this is what I got to do now. Peace. <laughs> That's it. It's Go not up for debate, discussion, or approval. It is not. And also, it's not just about them respecting the boundary. It's your responsibility also ends by setting that boundary in the sense of you're not responsible for how they feel about it. Mm -hmm. If their emotions are hurt, if their feelings, whatever the fuck, that ain't none of your business. Yep. You're not responsible for other people's feelings. Yeah. This is why it's important that in your mind, in your way of communicating it, that you communicate it lovingly. Because let's be real. If you're like, listen, you're obnoxious and I never, and you know, like that's not the way to communicate a boundary, right? And if you hurt somebody's feelings that way, then it's a little your fault. Their feelings are still not your responsibility, but it's a little your fault, right? So just say it lovingly. Yeah. Just say it with literally all the love in your heart and just say, this is what I need and this is what I need from you. So please, do mm -hmm. you think you can help me out with that? And if their feelings are hurt after that, that's not your problem. You know, it stops there. Yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. Okay, so let's dive into the other thing that you mentioned, which was around being willing to invest in your goals to achieve, whether that's, you know, financial success, whatever it is, this idea of spending money to make money. Why do you think so many of us have issues with that? Because we have a scarcity mindset, because we think that money is this limited thing. We think like, how am I going to spend this money I don't have? You have it. It's always there somewhere. And it's not only that. It's Look, I feel like in business, you're either spending money or you're spending time, and both cost money one way or another, right? And so, for example, when I started my coaching business, Seizing Happy, I think it's like four or something years ago. I remember I went and I got certified, right? I invested in that because education, in my mind, is a good investment, mm-hmm. right? Like I, that's what I was raised to believe. You go and you get degrees and certifications and things, right? But I also wanted to make sure that ethically I was coaching correctly. A coach is not the same thing as an advisor and a lot of people confuse that. So I went and I got my coaching certificate. When you get your coaching certificate, and this is actually a part of my business now because of how much I struggled with it at first, nobody teaches you how to run a coaching business. They just teach you how to coach. <laughs> this is how you coach. This is how you literally help people transform their lives around money, around relationships, around health, around everything. But nobody tells you how to find that client. Mm-hmm. And it's very different from me, especially, right? Coming from like a dance studio and I've done other business endeavors, but not even more around coaching. And coaching is such a new industry, such a new space. Yeah. So what did I do? Google University. Google everything. YouTube University and Google University. And I read everything and did, and I looked into so many things and I watched every single web and every free training that there was. I watched all of them. I'm still unsubscribing from shit from four years ago that I'm like, why is this in my spam? Why is why are these people still emailing me? <laughs> right? Because I used to believe that I'll just figure it out. I'm smart. I'm savvy. 
I'm super savvy. I'll figure it out. What you don't understand is that each one of these free webinars, each one of these free trainings, each one of these people is giving you this free information, which is valuable. A lot of the times it is valuable information, but it's based on their experience on the way that they ran their business based on their talents and their abilities. And everyone is teaching you their jam, right? So you start this way and somebody tells you, well, the best way for lead generation is a podcast. So you go and you open a podcast and you start podcasting, but then you find this other free, you know, like lead generation or increase your sales by 35% in 60 days. And you're like, I need more money. Of course, I'm going to dive into that webinar and you go into that webinar. And then they're like, well, what you really need to do is you need a PDF and an email marketing campaign. And then you need to have like, uh, what is it that they call the thing where you write the see an email sequence and you have to do your copy and all this other shit. So there you go. Now you have a podcast on one end and you have this freebie on another end. And then somebody else comes in and says, it's none of those things. It's webinars. <laughs> and now you're spending all this time creating all this shit and none of it is catered to your business. Mm -hmm. And after I did that for a while and I still didn't have the client, I had like two clients, three maybe on and off, right? Like one comes in, one gets off. I was like, this can't be right. I see all these people out there making all this money, real money. I had friends that are coaches that were making real money. And I would ask them, how are you finding these clients? And they were like, well, I do content creation and I do, and like, I do a lot of speaking engagements. So, oh, I forgot to add, I did a speaking one too. Like I went and I, and I did like, oh, speaking, I can talk all fucking day. I can do that. No, it wasn't until I got a coach who is in the space of life coaching. So he is a coach that teaches other coaches how to make money and how to get their clients. It wasn't until I got into that mastermind that he was talking to Gigi directly about seizing happy. Not in these blue metaphors and box. My business doesn't fit in a box because I'm not in a fucking box. You're not in a box. Yeah. You know, it wasn't until I got tired of being broke in my business that I was like, what the hell do I need to do? I need to, I'm tired of figuring this out because I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it. But it took a lot of time to be able to do that. And that time is time that to me is money lost. Absolutely. Because if I had just gone to somebody who was walking the talk, like that initial coach was, you go to that person and you say, this is my business. What does it cost? I put that shit on, I put that on two credit cards. <laughs> it took me, I want to say six months to pay it off because it worked. Because I had somebody who got into my business and said, let me see what you got going on here. All right, let's talk. Yeah. What are you good at? How does it work? But Okay, now let's build a strategy that's custom created for Gigi's business. And the best part of it was that this coach taught me how to do not just my strategy, but how to create customized strategies and blueprints for other businesses. And so when my business started to boom, because I was doing it my way, the way that it's comfortable for me with what I'm good at, now knowing how to create those blueprints is where I can find other life coaches, which is where what I prefer to work with, and tell them, you got your certificate. Congratulations, you're certified. Now let's go make some fucking money because <laughs> now you know what you're doing. This is good. This is important. But I know wherever you got that certification, nobody taught you how to get these damn clients. Mm. So let's work on your brand and on how you are going to be the only coach like you because you're the only coach like you. I am the only coach like me, yeah. right? But being able to dive into that and being able to uncover that 
I guess, like natural jazz that everybody has. People that like to work with people have their own like sazón y sofrido. Like they have their own thing, you know? So uncovering that, but it was hard. It was hard because at the time I was working full time, but putting money into the business was terrifying because I saw the business not making, costing a lot of money, right? Because I had set up Kajabi for all these online courses and I had set up all these systems and all this stuff. And it was all just sitting there on monthly memberships, right? Yeah. (laughs) With no clients coming in, right? It was difficult, but it goes back to what I said earlier. You have to believe in yourself. And I believed in myself, which also took me years to develop But also going back to, you have to believe that you are worth the investment. I am worth the investment. I am worth a, well, my current mastermind is 25 grand, but like what I, what I paid to my current coach, but like you are worth a $3,000 investment in your business. Even if your business is making 500 bucks a month right now, Mm -hmm. you are worth a $10,000 investment in your business even if your business is making $2,000 a month right now. You just have to be savvy with your money and know how you're going to do it and make sure that you vet the people that you are spending money on, that you're investing with, right? Like, for example, you have your course on, on blogging, right? And how to be really lucrative with your blogs. It's not the only thing you do, but it's one thing that you do really freaking well, right? Mm-hmm. So if I want to blog, why would I spend time figuring it out when I see what you do, when I see your success with it, I see your posts with your brands, you show your scales of income. So maybe my blog isn't making a penny right now, but buying your course is going to get me on the path to making money faster. So why spend time figuring it out Yeah, when I can start making money in a couple weeks inside your course, yeah. right? To me now that I've overcome that scarcity mindset is common sense. But at first, it was terrifying. Yeah. I think that's so powerful because one, I think a lot of people want the guaranteed success by making the investment, but it's like, are you also going to commit to the work, right? Because signing up Mm. to work with a coach or signing up for a course, doing any program, ain't shit going to happen unless you're actually ready to do the work because your coach is not going to build your business, That course is not going to build your business. So I think Mm -hmm. it's, first of all, are you going to hold yourself accountable to your success and like by any means necessary? That's number one. Number two, I love what you talked about, you know, knowing where your DIY skills end and where it's time to call in the professionals is such a humbling experience. And I think it requires a lot of us just letting go of the ego and letting go of the I don't know. I feel like people see it as a failure by asking for help. And it's just like, yo, I am self-aware enough to know where my capacity by myself ends and where I either A, don't want to fucking learn how to do this by myself or Mm -hmm. B, I just, I'm not qualified to do this by myself. I need to go find somebody who's already done this shit because it will get Mm -hmm. you there faster. I spent two years not making a single dollar with my blog because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And the second time around, now that I was building a second one for my podcast brand, I started making that shit profitable in like nine months. So it's just like, (laughs) I already knew I have the skills. I have the knowledge now. I'm not starting from scratch. But when you're starting from scratch and you don't know shit, you either going to commit to a long ass road of doing it yourself, Mm -hmm. or you're going to get the cheat codes and work with somebody who can get you there faster. And it's really about you letting go of the fucking ego. 
A hundred percent. You have to trust yourself and you have to let go of your ego. When you can surrender into trusting that you have vetted the person, done your research, you know what I'm saying? Then trust that. Trust that intuition and let go of your ego because I feel like there's also, because this has happened to me with clients, there are people who even when they go through course, they get better, they start making more money, their ego is still in their way and they won't say like, oh, I learned this from X, Y, Z, right? And I think that that's also a scarcity mindset because nobody can do what you do the way that you do it. Mm. Nobody, right? And when you won't say who you trained with, And then you're telling your client like, oh, I figured it out. I did everything by myself. And then you're telling your clients to invest in you. Do you realize how incredibly hypocritical that sounds? You're trying to sell your clients something by not investing in yourself. Even if you never say it, even if you never say, I figured it out myself, your energy and your vibe is something that the people that you're trying to sell to can feel. Mm. If you don't believe in spending money for self-growth, you cannot sell a self-growth product and think people are going to fucking buy it. <laughs> if you don't believe in spending money for business growth to learn about money because you broke, you cannot possibly, no matter what, you can't convince people to do something that you are not convinced of. Yeah. However, you can be convinced of the most ludicrous shit in the world, but if you're convinced, you will have a following of people that are like, yes, praise Gigi for this crap she's saying. I believe it too. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Historically, how many people have been convinced of ludicrous shit and had multitudes of people following them? Yep. If you don't believe in what you're selling, if you don't believe in the process, if you don't believe in investing in yourself, how the fuck are you going to ask other people to invest in you and in your business? Ooh. I don't know if people were ready for that conversation, but uh, <laughs> we only we only talk the real shit here, okay? Uh, we're only serving up realness on this podcast. So I'm so glad you, you're talking about this because it's like, y'all, sometimes our own belief system is the thing that's holding us back. And if you're not willing to do the work and see where those shortfalls are coming from, then you're just going to keep doing a whole lot of the same shit. And it's not only that. You know what I think it is too? I think that people people start side hustle. That's another word I don't love is side hustle. I don't I hate the word hustle, period. Mm-hmm. But when people say side hustles, to me, it's like, okay, how long is it gonna be a side hustle though? Yep. Oh. <laughs> you calling me out, sis, because that's honestly what I was doing for such a long time. And I'm like, why can't this side hustle replace my nine to five job? Bitch, because you're not training it like a real fucking job. Because you're not treating it like a fucking job. Exactly. Exactly. That's the point. That's the point. They get into this and they're like, ay, vamos a ver si saco un dinerito. <laughs> so, okay, vamos a ver si saco un dinerito. Un dinerito para aquí, un dinerito para allá is not going to make you wealthy. Nope. So are we are we making money or are we pushing dinerito around? Because I'm not here for dinerito. I'm here for some fucking cash. Like, what are we doing? So yeah. you need to, when you start a business, either do that shit all in or just don't do it at all. Mm. That's the way I feel. Because mm. when you're half in, half out, you're going to struggle for so long. You're going to be so fucking miserable. You're going to probably quit anyways. So decide if this is really something you want to do and just do it. Just fucking do it 
Believe in yourself. Get somebody to guide you. Invest in where you're weak. You're not good at everything, period. You're not. Even if you think you are, I'm telling you right now, you ain't. (laughs) So find what you're really good at and hone in on that. Find what your business needs that you ain't good at and find the way to make somebody do that for you. Yeah. If you can't pay for it at first, barter for it with what you're really good at that's really easy for, okay? If you can't pay for it at first, find somebody who will. Get your your rich uncle, get tu prima, get somebody and be like, hey, I have this business and I need $5,000 for XYZ. I will pay you back six. Let me this money. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. Your rich uncle is going to spend it on a pair of shoes. So why can't you ask him to support you? What's the problem there? The only fear would be if you fail. Are you afraid of failing? I am. But is that what I'm going to focus on? No, I'm going to focus on paying my uncle back his six grand. How am I going to do that? I got a firecracker up my ass if I have to pay my uncle back six grand for the five he lent me, right? Mm-hmm. No interest, but I'm going to give you for free a thousand dollars for helping me out, right? Like, There are so many ways to just be creative, but you have to go into your business believing and with the vision of the empire you want to build. You cannot go into your business and treat it like a side hustle and think it's going to get you out of your nine to five. If you don't treat your business like a fucking business, it's going to stay a side hustle. You're going to stay in your nine to five, making a thousand dollars from your side gig your whole damn life. Lord Jesus, we are snatching wigs on this podcast and I'm here for it. Okay, let's talk about your three R's system. Oh, my three R system. I love it. So that's, <laughs> I learned the three R system the hard way through my burnout story. And so the way that the three R's work is you reevaluate, restructure, and reset. So you can apply the system to any part of your life. You're going to take a look at whatever's not working right now, right? Or anything you want to upgrade even. But usually we use it for what's not working. Reevaluate. Look at every part of it. Take a step back and look at the whole damn thing, right? On a scale of one to 10, every area. Gauge that. How is it working? Why isn't it working? Do all of that. Really dive in. Objectively, honestly, and with kindness, right? Then we dive into your second R, which is restructure. So from your reevaluation, you're going to weed out whatever isn't working. If it's not working, don't try to fix it. Just toss it. Find something else. Find something new, right? Not everything requires that you fix it. That goes for business. That goes for launches. That goes for relationships. That goes for people. Not everything needs to be fixed, and it certainly ain't got to be you who fixes it. You can also toss shit out into the trash and leave it there, okay? That goes for relationships, that goes for businesses, that goes for lunches, that goes for everything. So you reevaluate, look at everything. Whatever doesn't work, throw it in the trash. Restructure means now that you have this space in your life or in your business because you removed whatever doesn't work, you're going to rearrange the pieces that you have so that what is working now works better together and so that there's room to incorporate whatever is missing. So you've made space because all this other shit's not working, what do you need to put in its stead? What needs to be in this new space? Create that new structure. And then reset. I use reset and not restart because a restart feels like you have to pause and catch your breath and then do it over. When you think of the reset button on your hairdryer, the hairdryer short circuits, it goes out, you push the reset button, the shit starts right back up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? Like that. You've already restructured what you need to restructure. You're going to reset, meaning 
You're going to wake up tomorrow with a system in place and you're going to stick to that system. And if you short circuit like the hairdryer, you're going to reset again, right? And you create the systems that are sustainable for you because in your restructuring, I teach you how to rebuild, right? Back to custom blueprints, back to what is it that you need, right? Not what is everybody else doing. Yeah. What works for you in your particular situation, income, time, mothering stages, single or not, making or not making a certain amount of money, whatever it is, how does it work for you? We are going to get a little uncomfortable. It's the point. If you're going to stay in your comfort zone, shit's never going to change. Yeah. Right? You got to change for things to change. Right? But you create that restructure based on your needs. So reevaluate, restructure, and you reset creating the systems that are sustainable for you in your particular lifestyle and needs. Mm -hmm. And when I learned to do that, I do it for everything. I've done it for my diet. I've done it for my business. I've done it for relationships. I did it in the middle of my wedding planning. <laughs> there was a point in my planning my wedding that I was like, nope, nope. We're reevaluating the whole fucking thing. We're restructuring what, we are, what we're not going to do. And we're, re we're resetting yesterday. Like, nope, toss it out. There's no pause there. Weed out. We forget how much power we have in our lives. We forget that we are in charge. There are circumstances in our life that we cannot control. But that doesn't mean that you are not in charge. You are very much in charge. Yeah. And we give away our power by blaming people, by blaming circumstances, instead of choosing to say, all right, this situation fucking sucks, but how do I reclaim my power? Where's the learning? Where's the opportunity? Where can I carve an exit? Yeah. Right? Or how can I mold this shit and make it work for me? But we get stuck in the, I can't believe this is happening. How could they do that? Ba -ba -da -ba -ba, y cuento la buena viva, and you're just stuck on like the loop of everything is happening to you. Reclaim your power. Reevaluate the situation. Restructure it and reset. I love that framework because I think so many of us get stuck in the default like factory setting of I'm just going to keep doing shit and hoping it works. And it's just like, yo, like not doing anything is just going to have more of nothing. Like, so at some point you have to be a conscious participant in saying enough is enough. And then I want to, I want to challenge what you just said. You don't need to be a conscious participant. You need to be an intentional mm. participant because mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that are consciously doing the same shit over and over again. <laughs> true. True story. I've seen girlfriends of mine date the same guy with a different face and a different name over and over again. <laughs> and that is a conscious choice. She gave him her phone number. She went on a date with him. She put up for his shit for a year. That was a conscious decision, but it wasn't intentional. Mm -hmm. You yeah. need to stop and think, what is the common denominator between all these lying, cheating guys? Or what is the common denominator between all these broke guys? Or what is the – is you, boo-boo. <laughs> is you. And I know this is not a relationship podcast, but I'm going to throw this out there just in case anybody listening right now is like, because he's always doing this shit to me. Why are guys like this? It's you. Yeah. Why Be intentional about the guys you pick. Be intentional about the business partners you pick. Be intentional about the friends you pick. I detox my circle all the damn time. Mm -hmm. I toss people out all the time. People need to come into my circle with good energy. People need to come into my circle with desire to be, do, and have better, right? The people that I want around me are people that are intentionally existing in a way that is making the world a better place for the children I'm probably not going to have, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Like it just needs to be a better place, 
right? But you need to be intentional about that. If you're just hanging out with the people you're hanging out with because you've been hanging out with them always for the last 20 years, then you can't bitch and moan and say, she doesn't support me in my business. Okay, are you going to go out and find yourself a community of people that do support you in your business or are you going to keep hanging out with Pepita who thinks that everything you're doing is crazy? (laughs) Yeah. What are we going to do here? You know, like I'm a big fan of calling people out on their bullshit because we all have a whole lot of bullshit all the time. We're always like, no, 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 no. Hold on a second. (laughs) Let's really talk. Let's really, let's really talk about what's going on here. And usually it's us. It's, it's our own not being intentional about things. We continue to just do the same. We continue to do what we've been doing and expect to get different results. And that is the literal definition of insanity. Mm. Talk about it. That is so fucking true. Okay. (laughs) Do you have a money mantra? And if so, would you like to share it with us? I am a money magnet. Mm. And it happened by accident. When my business really started to, to boom and grow, I, every time that I would sign somebody on, I would do a money dance. So I would just literally get up from this chair and just, I am a money magnet. I am a money magnet. And like all four directions, um, the goofiest dance you could imagine. Like it's literally just like acting a fool. <laughs> and what, because I work from home when my, my now husband was, I've only called him my husband like three times. This is so cool <laughs> and weird. I would run out and be like, I am a money magnet. I am. A, and so I realized that the more I celebrated that I am a money magnet, the easier it also became to get clients because Mm. I believe I am a money magnet because I had proof of it, right? And so, and that leads me into a whole nother space of coaching and finding the proof that you need and not the proof that you see. But that became something that I I say to myself all the time. Yeah. I am a money magnet. Money comes to me all the time. That is a great one. Okay. What one last piece of advice would you give to someone who is ready to reset their lives, but is overwhelmed with like how to even start doing this? You're thinking too much. If you're overwhelmed, it's because you're thinking too much. More doing, less thinking. Overwhelm usually comes from thinking. When it comes to your particular question, there's other types of overwhelm. But when it comes to somebody who's looking to start a business, overwhelm usually comes from overthinking, overlearning. There's a lot of people that I've seen, clients that I've worked with, that they come to me and they're like, I learned this and I learned that and I've learned this and I've learned that. And then like, I'll go teach them like a certain system or something. I learned that already. And it's like, you know, everything. Why are you broke? Why is your business? (laughs) What are you actually implementing? You're not doing it. You're just learning, right? Like you become a perpetual student of business and you don't actually go out there and do anything. Mm -hmm. It's like with little kids and this is like old school upbringing of little kids, but throw them in the park, let them fall, let them scrape their knees let them get in a fight with little Johnny or little Susie. So two things can happen. They're either going to learn how to be a kinder person or so because if they hit Susie and Susie smack them right back, they're going to know not to hit other people because they don't feel so good when somebody smacks you back. Like you got to get out there. You're going to make mistakes. You have to scrape your knees in business. There's never going to be. And at full disclosure, even if you hire the perfect coach for you and you invest in your business, right? Let me just burst this bubble for you. And you do everything, you you grow and you visualize your business and you do the money magnet dance and you do all the things. You still are going to scrape your knees, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So just do something. Pick any of those things you've learned. Pick any of those products that you have in your mind. Pick any of those services that you want to offer. That one right there, the one that just came up, that one, just fucking do it. Yeah. Get on Instagram right now, get on a story and say, guess what? I'm selling this or I'm doing that. Just do it. 
Don't worry about your pricing structure. Don't worry. Just do it. Do something and then see how did that work out? Just yep. do it. If you're overwhelmed, it's because you're thinking too much. You're not doing enough. Just do one thing. Mm-hmm. I endorse that message, y'all. So go and do the damn thing. Go scrape your knees. <laughs> I love it. Scrape your knees. Gigi, this has been an amazing conversation. I know folks are going to want to find out more about you, connect with you, and find out ways to work with you. So where's the best place for us to find you and what are you working on? Oh, my goodness. So you can find me anywhere. My website is ggdiaz.com. And on every social media platform, I am Gigi Diaz Live. So G-I-G-I-D-I-A-Z-L-I-V-E. And I'm currently working on a mastermind. So this is a coaching container for coaches who have their certification, have already started coaching and have no idea how how to get clients. They need to establish their brand and they need to start creating the leads that are going to make them the money that they always wanted to make as a coach. So it is a three-month program where we go into breakthrough. So we have three Bs. We go into your breakthrough, meaning how do you need to show up for your business? We go into branding, meaning how does your business need to show up for your client? And then we go into blueprint, meaning how do you and your business show up together in a way that you get to work less and make more? So it's a lot of fun. It's called Unleash Your Inner CEO. And the the doors are open now. And it's just, it's a fun thing because everybody goes in there kind of like scattered brained. And I was like, okay, so I have all these things that I want to do. And I don't know what I'm doing. It's like, okay. Week one, we're going to work on that. <laughs> First of all, take a deep breath in. Yes. <laughs> it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And I, and I love to be able to do, for now, the mastermind still has a lot of one-on-one with me. So I love to be able to do that. I enjoy the one-on-one like deep dive with each person's business. So that's something I'm really excited about that we're working on right now. That's fantastic. I want to thank you for your time, for sharing all of your gems, and also for just giving us permission to unapologetically show up as who we want to be and let go of all the bullshit that we think we have to be. Yes. You don't have to be anything other than perfect you. You're already perfect. You have everything you need. Just get out there and do. Thank you so much. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take your dinero to the next level, Sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina, the ultimate blueprint for becoming poderosa with your dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of The Financially Lit Latina, just head over to YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start. That's YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, 
stay inspired, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated contents constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.